What's up, everybody? Bets and ball games with Edwards and Greason here at Southeastern 14. Before we get started, let's talk about our good friends at Bet Online. They remain the top spot for all your live betting action and contest NFL, college or UFC, and NHL. NBA or in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is all caps B L E A V. Again, all caps B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Jay joins us from Chattanooga Times Free Press headquarters. What's going on, brother? Uh, not much. Getting excited for Sunday. Uh, and then we got to start really paying attention to once the Taylor Swift Bowl is done, we have really – I mean, college basketball is about to be – this is going to be, I think, the craziest tournament in maybe – two decades because if you Why go back and look for like the last 15 years it's a whole lot of pretty familiar names your UConn's got a couple you know Duke's in there Kansas is going to be in there Carolina's in there Jay Wright's Villanova had a couple Kentucky in 2012 Louisville even back when Louisville had a pulse so it, I mean but this year I think there's two dozen teams that could really you look up and you're going is that a six-seeded South Carolina playing to get to the Final Four? Right. And they have been to the Final Four in 2017. Unfortunately, I was there at MSG and NYC. Gators blew an eight or seven-point halftime lead, and the Gamecocks went to the Final Four. And you know what? They have not been back to the NCAA tournament since, but that will be changing uh, very soon. Uh, before I forget, let me give you the updated odds uh, from FanDuel to win the SEC regular season title. Auburn is now the plus 130 favorite. Alabama was the favorite last week. Vols are plus 165. Bama plus 340. South Carolina plus 950. Kentucky 95 to 1. The Gators and AM are 130 to 1. LSU and Ole Miss 250 to 1. Vandy and Mizzou not pictured. Uh, would, would any of those, uh, I mean, I was looking at South Carolina's schedule. I mean, they got to go to Auburn on was it Wednesday. It's on Valentine's. The, yeah, so that was, that kind of took South Carolina out of the picture for me. Well, a couple things. One, Auburn's schedule is pretty damn tough to be given. Yeah. I mean, their next five are at Florida, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, Kentucky, and at Tennessee. I mean, that's five games that, yeah, Auburn's great at home. But that's still five games that Janai Broom rolls an ankle. That could be one and four. So, uh, I mean, I don't like Auburn as a plus money. I would probably – I think Tennessee's the safest bet. But I, I think the I think the aggressive play there is check to see how long D.J. Wagner's going to be out. And if you can get Kentucky, who's only two games back in a loss column with eight games to play – at plus, at ninety five to one, I that that's kind of tasty. If DJ Wagner is only going to be out another game or two, yeah. And that's the thing is, we just don't know. So Wagner's right. missed 
three games, and Mitchell has missed two of the last three games. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Kentucky. So, at the top of the standings, we've got Auburn, Alabama, and South Carolina all at 8-2. and two. Uh, The Vols at 7-2. and two. Kentucky 6-4. and four. Florida and A&M at 5-4. and four. Um, Yeah, so, I, I like, the plus 950 was – and, by the way, I, I grabbed a, just a little – just a little 20 bucks, but uh, actually I did it 20 bucks twice on two separate accounts, but a hundred to one odds for the Gamecocks. I don't think the Gamecocks are going to win the national title, but if they get to the sweet 16 with a hundred to one number, you know, I can start hedging. I can take their opponent, uh, their, the opponent's odds to win it all uh, and, or the opponent. Well, we don't know if South Carolina be favorite or underdog, but I can find a way if they get to the sweet 16, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I make a little bit of, uh, profit. So looking at South Carolina, what they've got coming up, they got, well, a layup with Vandy at home, but then at Auburn, a likely L. Um, in fact, I, I looked at Ken Palm. You are going to be favored by 10 in that game, at least according to Ken Palm. But then they they got to go at Ole Miss. They got to go at A&M. They got to go to the hump. And Florida and Tennessee at home aren't uh, guarantees. So um, I don't really have one I like out of all those. Um, all right, let's jump into – all of the action for Saturday, uh, we start uh, noon Eastern, Alabama uh, at LSU. So LSU's leading scorer, Jalen Cook, who averages 15.5 points per game, uh, he is questionable. He missed uh, that blowout loss at Tennessee. Um, so with, with him, with his questionable status, I wrote down Bama minus seven. Uh, you got to guess on what you think it uh should be. Uh, I guess we don't. I think it would be a point or point and a half, one way or the other, with Cook, whether he's absent or, or plays. Without Cook, without definite knowledge on Cook, uh, if Cook doesn't play, I think it's going to be closer to double digits. Because I, I think, I think whether they admit it or not, the algorithms factor in bounce back moments, and Alabama is going to show up ticked off. Because they got housed Wednesday night in Auburn, Alabama. And they got frustrated and they got flustered and they got pushed around. Grant Nelson got beat up physically. Yes, he did. And he fouled out and he and and Nate Oates looked displeased and and irritated. Did you see his quote about Sears after the game? No. He said, "Mark, Mark's, Mark's got to play better defense. If we're, well, if we're gonna, I mean, he called him out. Well, he's well, he ain't wrong. I mean, right. he, he ain't wrong. You're he right. called him out, but you're he's right. not he, wrong. If he so, ain't wrong, he ain't wrong. <laughs> I, I hear that. The uh, and I think LSU. See, one of the things that I've, I've found a little success in my afternoon." email newsletter that's called Jay's Plays that you can sign up for at timesfreepress.com that that does uh, de- my daily best bets across all sports. Wait, 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 time out. Why don't you tell us where that uh, that uh, overall tally is? Are we still above 90 units? Yeah, we're at 95-plus units across Man. all sports, doing it every weekday since – For like October, 18 months? Yeah, October of 2022. So we're at Ooh, that's good, brother. That's good. And the best, the daily best bet is now north of 60 games over 500. 
It's like 227 and uh, 159 or something. But in in college basketball, we've seen we saw in January just an absolute steamroll of home under home unranked underdogs either covering or winning outright against ranked opponents. Well, I think when February gets here, and I and I was on Memphis last night, and they covered because I think the home crowd at places like Temple, where the season is completely in the crapper, yeah, those home crowds are now about to just start withering away, and it's going to feel like an inter-squad scrimmage. Right. So what was once impossible to judge in terms of home court advantage, now I think you're going to get – a bounce back the other way where the talent is going to go on the road and push people around. And I think Alabama's going to do that at LSU. I'd be comfortable laying 10. What does Ken Palm have at it? Ken Palm's got uh, Alabama at minus eight and a total of 166. But, you know, like I think, you know, if Cook is in, maybe you shave a point off of that, and if he's out, you add another point, maybe even a point and a half either way. So, um, yeah, I, um, I I just don't know because we don't know about the LSU's leading scorer. They didn't have much offense the other night against a very good uh, Tennessee defensive team. And, uh, you know, their postseason hopes are dwindling. If, if they don't win this game, they may – we may see a little quit in the Bayou Bengals. All right, uh, Vandy at South Carolina. We know this one's going to uh, be in double digits. Uh, I wrote down thirteen. What, what, any thought? Any guess you, you got for me? I think that's the starting point. Uh, I think it probably could be a little higher than that. And I don't like it there. Uh, I think it's a South Carolina or stay away. But I mean, South Carolina just going to just trying to chalk up W's and I mean, they're doing the Jameis Winston. They just want to smell the W. And so at that point in time, winning by nine, Lamont Paris doesn't care if they win by eight. No, no. I, at the same time though, I'm not back in Vandy. Uh, no. Ken Palm's got, yeah. Ken Palm's got it at 15. What I will do is, is I will back the under if so. Uh, Ken Palm's got it a 73 to 58 game, so that is 131. Uh, the under was on a 13 and two run for Vandy until Kentucky got into town, and, and that one flew over the other night, but still a 13 and three under run for Vandy. If, if the Ken Palm number's accurate, if it's in the 130s like that, I, I'll probably have I'm not saying I love it, but I'll probably have a little on the under. I think I think both of those are the the only sides you can justify. I mean, Vandy Vandy's is trustworthy as a New York City lawyer who calls you uh, on a payphone. I mean, that, that, that you can't you can't put a whole lot of stock in that. Uh, I, I wonder. I mean, I think Stackhouse is definitely gone. Um, I haven't really thought about candidates. Um, we shall see. I don't know that they got a, a whole lot of money to throw around. All right, Auburn at Florida. Woo, buddy. All right, here's your trivia question. When was the last time Auburn won at the O-Dome, and who was the UF head coach? I know who the UF head coach was. I actually – I'm not even sure. I've got a guess on who the Auburn head coach was at that time. Um, 
we'll, we'll figure out the year, and then we'll try to figure out the coaches. Uh, you got a guess on the last time y'all won at the O-Dome? Well, with the last handful of years of the bouncing schedule where you don't play everybody twice, there's probably been a whole bunch of years that Auburn didn't make Did not trip. play at Florida. Right. right. Correct. So uh, that takes away a whole bunch of Pearl's recent success against Florida's kind of flatlining. Before that, Auburn was indifferent, and Florida was pretty salty. So I'm going to go all the way back to um, Chris Porter's teams in the early 2000s. That's what I was going to ask you. When when was Porter there? Like 03, 04, around that time? Yeah, it was like it was like 02, 03, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, um, that was what I was kind of thinking. But no, it's not since 1996, which was Lon Kruger's last year before he went to Illinois. And I'm guessing that your coach was that guy that passed away with Tommy Joe Eagles. Tommy Joe Eagles. I think he'd already. I think he'd already bought the farm then. Uh, and I'm looking him up. It may. It may have been the first part of Cliff Ellis's term. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Let's see here. All right. Tommy Joe Eagles. Wasn't that his last name? Or maybe not. Yeah. Eagles. Tommy Joe. It Eagles. was. Yeah. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd spelled. Uh, Tommy Joe with just without an E. Okay. Wow. He was only 45. Um, so yeah, I guess he was fired at Auburn in 94 and passed away. Oh, wait. Y'all had not fired him, had you? Uh uh-uh. oh. Oh, yeah. Ju- on the job. July of 94, the age of 45. Wow. That is way too young. Oh, man. That's uh, awful. Uh, so that would have left Cliff Ellis early in his tenure, correct? That sounds right. Yep. All right. So Auburn, nineteen and four straight up, fifteen six and two against the spread. They're three and three straight up, three two and one ATS uh, on the road. The Gators, fifteen and seven straight up, ten eleven and one ATS at home. Nine and one straight up, five and five ATS. The only loss they led Kentucky nearly the entire game. Kentucky rallied, uh, ended up uh, winning. Uh, by three, the Gators have won four of their last five. Their four-game winning streak snapped. They blow a late lead at AM and lose 67-66 uh, last week uh, or last Saturday in College Station. But they've had the whole week to prepare, whereas Auburn coming off the rivalry game. Um, I wrote down Auburn minus one. Ken Palm has got Auburn minus four with a total of 160. And... Um, I, I lean Gators if I can get four. You, oh, you I would think? too. I would too. It's a it's a tough spot, and I think Florida is on the right side of the bubble as we speak. But games like this, I'm not saying. Well, I am about to say it. I'm, I, you can't say I'm not saying it means nothing to Auburn, but I am saying it means more to Florida. Yeah. Not only are they at home, but I mean Auburn could just about lose out, and they're still going to dance. Florida, you start – I mean, that's that. we're in February. We're tippy-toeing up on Valentine's Day. That has to start creeping into your head, whether you are on staff, whether you are a senior, whether you are a kid who may or may not go to the league or try to go play professionally or even into the portal. This may be 
now is the time to start stacking uh, some W's that, that are meaningful. And this is one of those opportunities in a league. This is one that if you win this one, this is one of those that just it goes right next to your name immediately. Notable win, beat Auburn early February. And Yeah. Oh, go ahead. But uh, I, I, I like how hard it's, – it's funny how a coaching change can make both programs better, like Mike White going to Georgia has made Georgia better, and Florida plays harder under under Golden. I mean, it's kind of it, – it's a, it's a little bit just a testament to fit. But I'm not betting against Auburn because, I mean, they were, they, they were destined to a double-digit loss in Oxford last Saturday, and they had a players-only meeting in the locker room, and they came out of the locker room and drummed the Rebels. Yeah, that was very impressive. I was uh, at the sports bar enjoying a couple of cold Budweiser's and uh, I watched my Gators fall apart. And then I was on Ole Miss and Ole Miss looked great in the first half. And then you you guys just came out and took over. Um, I know we both lost Ole Miss. I know you I think you said your favorite pick was the over on uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. And that thing flew over yeah. early uh, and often. Um, I ended up not playing Georgia. I know we both were Georgia leans. That one did not work out. Um, uh, uh, Vandy did go under with Missouri. Um, so there's some of our results from last uh, Saturday. So I'll be on Florida if I can get four. And I lean would on, on I lean. Florida. Would you be on Florida on the money line? Uh, you know, uh, if it's plus four, they m- might be like plus 150. Um, possibly. I would have more on the plus four, though. I would want to profit. Uh, you, do this way, you do this way more than I do, and you do a great job, and everybody can follow me at, at Vegas, uh, B. Edwards, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, uh, Elon Musk's uh, personal toy. The – this is this screams like a real good opportunity to be paying attention in game, because Auburn comes out strong and you never can tell where the ball may roll. But I mean, I th- I think I think the O Dome is going to be pretty loud come Saturday. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, if Florida comes out strong and gets like a ten point lead, Auburn could be a look um, live as well. Um, but, you know, if Auburn gets out to a big league, maybe Florida – you know, I think if you get either team, like, plus – I'm not saying if Florida got out to a 10-point lead in the first half, you would be able to get Auburn plus seven. But, um, you know, um, look, I, I – in general, you know, I'm st- – uh, my live bets, I'm looking to get a line that's like seven or eight points better than what it was pregame. That's kind of my general um, – idea when I'm looking uh, for live bets. But uh, yeah, I'll offer out a lean on the over uh, as well, and we will move on to Gonzaga at Kentucky. I like this. So, you know, in recent years, SEC did the Big 12 Challenge, you know, late January. I like throwing in a little one, not just one non-conference game in early February or whatever. And um, this is a, a huge one for Gonzaga that is actually number 22 at Kempom, but but they're a little iffy. They're a little bubbly for the first time since uh, they have been to every tournament, the Fuse's entire tenure, 
and then like one or two uh, before that, because I mean, I know the Gators lost to them out in Phoenix in the Sweet 16 in uh, 1999 on Casey Calvary's put back dunk in the final seconds. Um, yeah, but, but you're not hold, you're not holding any sour feelings about that at this point in time. I, I think every single NCAA tournament exit, I'm still bitter about pretty much. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, <laughs> they all suck. Um, I. I I love Kentucky in this spot. Gonzaga is has has I mean athletically they they have not seen this for the last six weeks. And I know Gonzaga is is recruiting and spending and playing at, at levels way beyond just the West Coast Conference. I know that, uh, but they've got no idea what's coming because Kentucky scores in bunches, brother in bunches and they do it efficiently they're top five nationally in in field goal in in adjusted field goal percentage which takes in threes and twos uh and i think they're top 10 in the, in the country in fewest turnovers committed so third third in turnovers so they're you're looking at a team that shoots it well and protects it so you better be planning to score 90 when you go to rup because they are, and I, I'm, I'm comfortable laying way more than a dozen on this. Yeah, well, you're gonna love this because now we also got to remember we don't we don't know about Wagner and Mitchell, two double figure scorers, but they scored 109 uh, the other night without either one of them, and they still scored 92 against Tennessee without them. So you're gonna love this. I wrote down six, but with the thought process of Mitchell and Wagner upgraded, I would upgrade it, you know, to right. eight or so. Um, Ken Palm's got Kentucky minus three. I don't know about that. Well, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to bankroll all of my Super Bowl uh, hunches with yeah. a whole lot of big blue money. Uh, yeah, I would be on Kentucky minus three without Mitchell and, and Wagner yes. and with confidence. Um, and – Check out this total. Um, so 85, 82, so 167. Um, just a few things on Gonzaga since it's a non-con uh, game for our, our listeners and uh, BBN out there. So Gonzaga always plays one of, if not the toughest non-conference schedules in the country. And, and, and they did this year to some extent. It's not their fault that Syracuse and UCLA are having awful – you know, seasons, normally those are, you know, top 30 teams, if not top 15 teams. Um, they lost by 10 to Purdue. They lost at Washington by five, lost by 13 to UConn in Seattle, lost at home to San Diego State by 10. Their only bad loss at Santa Clara, they lost by one. Santa Clara is number 122 in Ken Palm. And then last week or this past Saturday, they lost by two at home uh, to St. Mary's, but uh, they beat uh, Syracuse, UCLA, and USC, that, which are all in the 90s in Ken Palm. They beat Yale, which is 86. Uh, they beat San Francisco at 70. So they don't really have any marquee wins. In fact, I don't think that's any quad one wins. So this is a huge game for Gonzaga 
if they could steal it, that might would seal their bid. But obviously, they could still win their conference tournament, and we got a lot of basketball uh, left to play. But it's a big one uh, for the Zags. All right, let's move on to um, – or actually, I wanted to mention one thing as I look at my notes here. The over 17-3 and three for Kentucky in its last 20 games. And uh, Mitchell's averaging 12.3 points, 7.6 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 1.2 blocks. He's questionable along with Wagner, who scores 12 points per game and 3.7 assists. All right, Georgia at Arkansas. So, Devo is going to be back for Arkansas. He'd been on a little personal leave for a couple weeks. He's having a bad senior year after having an excellent career. It kind of reminds me of Brett Nelson uh, with my Gators like 20 years ago. Uh, you young folks probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Arkansas, one of their best players, Trevin Brazil, um, he is questionable. I think he's missed three in a row with a knee. Um, he's their top shot blocker. Uh, one of their better rebounders as well. So I wrote down Arkansas minus three if Brazil is upgraded. Um, Ken Palm has Georgia minus one with a total of 149. That's 6 p.m. Eastern at Bud Walton Arena. Arkansas eight and four straight up, five and seven ATS at home. Georgia is three and three straight up, five and one ATS on the road. Back to back road spot here for Georgia. They lost in Starkville the other night. Um, and the Hogs lost in Athens, 76-66 on January 10th. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Jay? Uh, Georgia needs a win bad. If Georgia doesn't win this, their their bubble hopes are on life support. Well, uh, and I think that's important because I think Arkansas is really about to quit. And, I mean, the wheels have completely fallen off for Musselman. And did – South Carolina trade its entire roster with Arkansas and then they sent them back and forth and we just didn't change anybody's name because South Carolina was picked DFL and Arkansas was picked what two or three mm-hmm. in the league at the beginning top, of the season. Top and, 10 nationally, I think. And now you look up and let's not even talk about there's no way Missouri should be winless in this league. Arkansas, number 10 nationally in wow. my magazine. Wow. And are, are they 10 in the league? Are they 10 in the SEC? I think they're they – uh, no, they, they are – they're 12th. Just they're ahead, of ahead of Vandy and Missouri. Ahead of Vandy by one game, ahead of, ahead of Mizzou by two. Yep. Uh, I think I think Georgia knows its stakes. I think Georgia believes in itself too. And I know that back-to-back road swing is tough to go to Starkville, go back to Athens – get back on on late in the evening, figure out what you got to do, pretend like you're going to class, and then hustle across the – back all the way across into the central time zone to Arkansas. That's tough, but there's, there's no way I'm putting stock in anything Arkansas for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, if, Brazil, if Brazil does not play um, – might consider Georgia, but this is a likely pass uh, for me. Um, all right, here's a good one. 8 p.m. Eastern, the Vols at AM. So most of the bracketology guys uh, have AM in their last four buys. 
but still work to do. And this would be a huge one if they can get, like you were saying, if Florida beats Auburn or, you know, if A&M gets this one, that little graphic they put up on CBS, you know, notables. Yeah, it'd be a big one. Okay. Um, I wrote down Vols minus four. Ken Palm has got Vols minus five, total of 141. Here, I'll throw a few stats out before we get Jay's opinion. Uh, the Vols in six road games, four and two straight up, two and four against the spread. AM is eight and three straight up at home, but only three and eight against the spread. What you thinking here? Well, there's only one side to play this in my mind. I Tennessee's just got way too much firepower for AM. I mean, I mean, explain all you want about desperation, and I get it. And Buzz Williams is good, and he's good at getting these guys prepared. But the last three times they've rolled the ball out there, Tennessee's been nasty. I mean, as good as just about anybody in the country. And that win by double digits going to Rupp and playing their style and putting a C-note on them in Rupp, because I know College Station can be a tough place to play. It ain't Rupp. No, and not they, on Saturday night. No, and they just dropped 103 on them. Uh, Connect is the SEC Player of the Year, uh, although I think in a lot of years it could very easily be Broom at Auburn or even uh, the point guard at Bama. I mean, there are a lot of guys having great years, but it's Dalton Connect. I mean, he yeah. is he is the linchpin that actually elevates Tennessee's hopes to a place where they can make – this is a staggering stat. And we talked about staggering stats, and I want you to share your Alabama-Auburn one that we all saw on ESPN the other night. But, you know, Tennessee, despite all their history and all the great players they've had, and now Tennessee is the second SEC school – to have a football, a professional football Hall of Famer, a basketball Hall of Famer, and a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, now that Todd Helton has been elected. But they've never been to a Final Four. Tennessee's never been to a Final Four. Not even with Grunfeld and Bernard King. No, not even with Dale Ellis, not even with Allen Houston, not even, not even when Bruce Pearl was over there hosting picnics for everybody. It Allen was, Houston didn't even get to an NCAA tournament game. Yeah, but that dude, man. Oh, he's that great. dude. That dude was such a good basketball player that he got he got his daddy a head coaching job. That's yes. when you know you can yes. really play. Yes, they're hiring pops. Yeah, because he was gonna go to Louisville, and then uh, Vols were like, "Hey, if we hire your dad, you come play for us." Damn right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, how was that, how was that not paying for a signing back in the day? In the grand scheme of things. Well, didn't uh, Larry Brown hire Danny Manning's dad? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Even before that, Dale Brown was hired. Dale Brown hired some coaches. Do you uh, know who coached Pistol Pete Maravich? Oh, Press Maravich. Yeah, that was the way to clean cheat. They call that was clean cheating back then. (laughs) That's like old Pappy Sadakis from. Oh, brother, where art thou? We're just going to press the flesh out there. And uh, is you or is you not my constituency? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. So um, I'm with you, man. I I, I think it's Vols or Pass. Um, I hope it's lower than five. uh, But we'll see. We shall see. So I I, I lean Vols. Um, Won't be easy, but they just – 
uh, like you like to say, I, I, I think they got too many dudes. It's a road game, but uh, I lean Vols. All right, uh, wrapping it up, Mississippi State at Mizzou. Okay, this might be time for Mizzou to get their uh, first SEC win of the year, and I say that because Mississippi State is 0-6, both straight up and against the spread, uh, in six road games, and they have lost – um, by 32 at Bama, they lost by four at Ole Miss last week, by nine at Florida, by 13 at Kentucky, by, um, six at South Carolina. So, and do they have a, oh, and they lost by eight at Georgia Tech back in nine con. Um, hard pass for me, hard pass. There's no, I'm not going to watch this game. Uh, I'm not going to be vested in this game. Uh, and I don't trust either side. I, that's uh, well said. Uh, I, w- I need to mention that uh, Missouri's leading scorer, kind of like LSU, uh, Sean East is questionable, and he did uh, miss their loss at A&M the other night. He averages 15.6 points per game. He shoots 46.6% uh, from three and 51.6% from the field and 4.1 assists per game. He's got a knee injury. He's questionable. Uh, since December 3rd, Missouri has one win versus number 342 in Ken Palm, Central Arkansas. It has been a struggle for the Mizzou uh, Tigers. Um, Okie dokie. So uh, just in review, um, we're we're okay with a Bama play. Or, or you like Bama, right? I do like Bama. I do like Bama going down there and – and, and getting well. My, my three biggest will be Bama on the road, laying the points. Kentucky laying uh, – if it's as low as three, I love Kentucky. Right. And I'm, and I'm comfortable with Tennessee uh, being a road favorite in College Station, even though that's going to be an environment. Ten- Tennessee's got way too many weapons. All right, so for me, I'm okay with Alabama in a money line parlay. I, I don't know that I'll be laying seven or eight on the road. Uh, I'll be on the under on uh, Vandy, South Carolina, as long as it's in the 130s. I, I don't know that I would do like a 128 or 129. Uh, if the Gators are catching four, that'll be a small play for me. Um, and it, it may be a little money line, but I would do the plus four for a, a little more, make sure I profit if they uh, you know, lose by three or less. Um Georgia, Arkansas, that's probably a pass for me. I may be on the Vols. Uh, I wouldn't lay more than five, but if it's five or fewer, I certainly lean that way. And uh, don't know about Missouri's leading scorer, so no major opinion there. I I do want to throw out a couple of uh, uh, things that have been working well for me. Uh, Air Force overs. I believe it's now eight eight in a row and 13-1. and They play Fresno tomorrow. Ken Palm's got that uh, total in the mid-130s. If it's in the mid-130s, or I, I would say I would play it all the way up to 140 um, because I believe it's nine of their thir- last 13 have had 147 or more combined points, obviously. And Northwestern to the over, um, I believe they've hit 11 in a row. I had them against Nebraska. Uh, oh, another, another one I forgot. Uh, I also like Kentucky game. Uh, over against Gonzaga because over's on a 17 and three uh, run there. And I know you had Memphis. So what did you have? Minus six or six and a half? Mm-hmm. About an hour before game time, it moved to 10 and a half like that. 
I couldn't find any injury information on Temple. And I, 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 went, I was looking on Twitter all the way up till tip. Three minutes before tip, because Memphis has been playing so poorly, I, I put uh, Temple in plus 11. And um, <clears throat> I left my house at halftime down 18. I got home later. I checked the final. We both won. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, if I had if I had seen that, because I put my uh, my Jays plays out at five o'clock in the afternoon, uh-huh. and sometimes that can be a little difficult for players out there. Sure. And I probably need to add a little note to it because if I'm I ride it earlier than five o'clock, and those lines, if they change drastically, Man. you I mean you, you hey, can't control that. If you got six, if you got it at six and a half, and it pops up at eleven, feel free to play both sides and try to get a sandwich. Sure. I mean, would have worked last night. It would have worked. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, um, let's talk some Super Bowl, or and or what? Um, I well, I, I just I I was I, the big news that came that came across the ticker on Wednesday as we were all watching Auburn Alabama uh, shoot a gazillion free throws was uh, that Nick Saban ha- had agreed to join ESPN, which if, if that surprises you, then you've been living under a rock for 25 years. That was, that was a done deal. As soon as, I mean, whether it was this year, two years ago, or 10 years in the future, his next stop was going to be Bristol and the college game day set. He's good on TV. He's funnier than a lot of people realize, and he's the goat. But I think this is now a chance to completely reboot the game day set. Desmond Howard needs to leave. Lee Corso needs to leave. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I know he's had a tough run of it, but bring him out. If he still wants to travel and do the the headgear thing, God bless. It's a staple. Everybody can whatever else. It's almost old person abuse to keep trotting him out there and expect him to be, get, be carrying a part of this thing. Uh, and then have a four-person set with Reese Davis, Pat McAfee, Saban, and Herbstreet. And one of the things I think that will really help this is Saban and, and McAfee really like each other. Yeah. Idiot. But he really likes McAfee. He goes on his show frequently. Uh, he's engaging on that show. And I think that kind of chemistry – will help bring McAfee in. And McAfee is the future, brother. He, his, his radio show is great, his, or his, his podcast is on TV. He's entertaining. He is, he is speaking a language sports fans want to hear. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. Um, I don't think they'll do that with Desmond, but I wouldn't be against it. Do you think they'll do that? No, I don't. No, yeah, but, it, but even if it's a five-man set, okay, but I'm really tired of the, the analysis of people looking in the camera and going, I really think they need to win the turnover battle. No shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Okay. You think so, doctor? You think so? I mean, I, I think I mean, I'm waiting for somebody to put their headset on and go, I think they need to score more points than the other guys. Um, uh, so one more college basketball thing before we talk Super Bowl. Um, or do you own any few? Oh wait, you did tell me you own an Auburn forty to one. 
Is that yeah, correct? I don't know. I remember 41 from about – it was probably a, several weeks ago. Uh, they they weren't playing super good, but it, it's, been, it's been a hot minute. And, I mean, now the CBS Power Poll has them three. So, right now I'm looking uh, – so – Purdue is plus 700, uh, UConn plus 750, Houston uh, plus 900 or 9 to 1, Vols 12 to 1, Arizona and Auburn are 15 to 1, uh, UNC and Bama are 17 to 1, Kansas 20 to 1, Marquette 25 to 1, uh, Duke, Iowa State, Wisconsin are 30 to 1, Kentucky's at 35 to 1. All right, I'm just going to scroll down to just sec teams south carolina 75 to 1 so i bought a um a south carolina 100 to 1 ticket um earlier this week and they were 90 to 1 at DraftKings as of yesterday um uh let's see other sec teams florida's 100 to 1 mississippi state and a&m are also 100 to 1 ole miss is 120 to 1 um Here's a ticket that I think is worth consideration. Creighton at 60 to 1. They lost a heartbreaker in overtime at Providence the other night. No shame in that. Um, I I had a 40 to 1 ticket on Creighton last year. It had life. They were in the Elite Eight, ended up losing by one uh, to San Diego State. They've got a lot of that nucleus back. Um, and, and they've added um, uh, the uh, transfer guard from Utah State who's basically playing the role that Nimhart uh, played for them. Nimhart transferring to uh, Gonzaga. Um, another team, I think, or I've got them already at a, a price not this good. I've got FAU at 45 to 1, but they're at 75 to 1. They lost a heartbreaker last night in overtime at UAB, but FAU had won, I think, seven in a row before that. They won against Arizona. They're missing one of their big guys, but he should be back um, in the next week or so. And they've got everybody back except for one significant player from a team that was in the Final Four and got beat on a buzzer beater by San Diego State. So um, I think, you know, 60 to 1 Creighton and FAU 75 to 1, I think those are good buys uh, right now. Any teams you think are worth consideration? Well, uh, you, you rattled off like the top 10 or 12, and I mean, in something as unpredictable as March Madness, it's really hard to look at anything single digits because the payoff's just not that good. Right. Even as good as Purdue is. Don't get me wrong. And but here's one that I that will travel. And they've got a brand of basketball and they just won a huge road game in Austin. Iowa State at 35 to 1. They lead the nation in turnovers forced. And not to just go be Desmond Howard for a second and say, if you can win the, win the turnover battle. <laughs> but if you get into March and your bread and butter is forcing other people into mistakes, as those stakes rise and you're really good at that, it creates easy opportunities. It flummoxes the opposition. It is a forcing turnovers is – is not just happenstance and good fortune, especially in basketball. It's part of the scheme. It's part of what's been coached. It's part of how you've prepared. And it's part of what you bank on. And it travels whether you're playing in the pit, or you're playing in the O-Dome, or you're playing in MSG. 
forcing turnovers travels regardless of what the shooting backdrop looks, regardless of who you're matched up against, and regardless who gets in foul trouble. Heard that. Heard that. All right. So um, I guess we uh, let's jump into the Super Bowl as I'm getting to my odds page here. So we've got uh, it's been steady at two all week. Uh, I know there was okay. Westgate Superbook is still at two and a half, but everybody else or our, our good friends at Bet Online are right there with everybody else. Bet Online minus two, total of forty-seven and a half. And from my odd screen, and I've got like nine books, um, all the all of them are at forty-seven and a half. Now, one of my personal accounts was forty-eight yesterday. Um, money line best you can do is plus one fifteen. Uh, that's at the Westgate and uh, South Point uh, Bet Online uh, has the Chiefs at plus one ten. Um, all right, have you uh, made your decision on? Well, uh, this is – I know you're a big uh, player prop trend guy, and, and I'm all for that, especially in this game. And because there's just so many different fun ways to enjoy this. And it doesn't have to be huge money. You're not going to uh, bankroll your year doing this, but doing the Super Bowl, although I will say that last year I went 7-0 and on all, across the board on the Super Bowl, including uh, the coin flip. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to be on tails. I'm going to be on under Reba McIntyre at 90 seconds in the anthem. I'm going to be under uh, Patrick Mahomes, 37 and a half passing attempts. going to be over longest field goal, 49 and a half yards. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put multiple Isaiah Pachenko player props in the hopper anytime touchdown uh over rushing yards and probably get a small taste on his mvp odds i know it's a quarterback award and i get that and if it's not a quarterback award with taylor swift sitting up there in the stands as long as travis kelsey doesn't throw up on the field like uh uh, sl- uh slinging willie beeman then, uh, then he played. He, he Willie Beeman, <laughs> Stephen Willie Beeman, not slinging with it's slinging Sammy Ball, not the same dude, <laughs> right? No, no, different, different cats. <laughs> but if we're talking game, uh, I, I have rolled through the postseason with the simple mantra that I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes, so I'm not, I, I, I mean, I'm gonna dance with who brought me. And and the way I analyzed, I talked about it with a friend of mine here at the TFP here in Chattanooga. If you look going into a game, the three most important spots, and you can convince me that from four through 22, San Francisco may be better in almost all of those. I get it. Better at running back, better at both receivers, uh, coin flip at tight end, linebackers much better. They're not better than Chris Jones, but – uh, they're better in a lot of other areas. But the three things I know going in is Kansas City has a better defensive plan because Steve Spagnuolo is better than Steve Wilkes. Kansas City is going to be more prepared and ready for the moment because Andy Reid has been there a countless number of times, and he's something like 31-6 and six with an extra week to prepare. Yes. And they're better at quarterback. So 
if you're going to give me those three check marks before you get to everything else, I'm going to go with those three check marks. Man, you like stole my whole everything. So, yeah, I'm on the Chiefs and I had like three major reasons. You use some quarterback advantage. Nothing against Brock Purdy. Better head coach. Uh, nothing against Shanahan other than he didn't run the ball enough in the second half of the only Super Bowl I've ever been to in Houston, Texas. And we won't say anything that, more about that game. That game, game. That game didn't happen. That's that it's like, like Caddyshack 2 yes. and uh, – that girl I dated in middle school. None of that ever happened. Rocky Seven. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that ever happened, actually. Uh, and I think they have the better defense. And it's just simple as that. And since that debacle on Christmas Day against the Raiders, won five in a row, uh, both straight up and against the spread. Um, I, like you, I am on Pacheco's rushing yards over. So I went to bet online. So they've got an interesting way that they do it. And, and I like it. Um, so, you know, I, I've already bet Pacheco at, um, I think I got over 67 and a half. Um, so maybe, and maybe, maybe he's gone up at other shops because that might have been two days ago. Anyway, at Bet Online, you can bet him to have 69 or more minus 126, but 79 or more is plus 112, 89 or more plus 156, 99 or more. Uh, plus 215. So Pacheco in the last. I'd be <clears throat> by that last one, Brian. I'd be right? tempted about him getting triple digits, especially yeah. if we think they're going to be playing from in front. Yeah. So he's had 130, 89, 97, and 68 uh, in the last four games. Uh, but, but another reason uh, for liking his running, running stats is just looking at back at San Fran's run defense. I mean, Aaron Jones had 108 rushing yards on 18 carries. The Lions ran for 182 yards on 29 carries. That's better than six yards per carry. Montgomery had 93 rushing yards on just 15 attempts. So, um, yeah, we're both bullish on Pacheco. Um, the So, I got – I personally bet Kelsey at 8-1 to one to score the first touchdown – and I am looking right here at uh, Bet Online. Ooh, he's plus six hundred there. Uh, McCaffrey plus three sixty nine. Pacheco plus five fifty. Um, <clears throat> also did Kelsey over seventy one and a half uh, receiving yards. And then I did Tommy Townsend his shortest punt to be over thirty eight and a half. He averages forty seven point one. I think the only fear is a pooch punt. Uh, so I'll, I'll back my Gator. There and the last one uh, is the Chiefs to go over ten and a half their team total in the first half in the playoffs uh, this year. They have scored 16, 13, and 17 by halftime, and uh, Detroit scored 24 on the Niners by halftime the last time out. Any, right, idea, any, any best bet on what Usher's first song is going to be? No clue. Okay. You? Who the hell is no. Usher? <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now, if they were going to trot Morgan Wallen out there, I'd, I'd, I'd be doubling up to catch up. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, – and I want to hear what your thoughts are on, on money management strategy. So, I just want to be clear. Like, my bet on the Chiefs is my sink or swim bet. I'm going to win or lose for the day on that pick alone, good or, good or bad. I will be a winner or a loser – on that pick, I, like I have, like, let's say your bankroll is 
300. Okay. I, w- I would be like 200 or 225 on the Chiefs. And then whatever is left. And then that would leave what's like 75 bucks. Um, if I did 225, I would just bet all the props evenly with the rest of the money there is. Are you, I, I, are you a same game parlay player? I, you know, I, I, every now and then, I'm not a get. Uh, yeah, I don't have any feel for this total. What do you think? I mean, Casey's no, a dead no, under no, team no, all year. No. I just don't like. The I total. mean, and you want if you want to play the total one way or the over one way or the other, I would get on the over now. But I also think both of these scripts are going to be really effective in the first drive. Like I, I can see this being seven seven or seven three going into the third kickoff of the game. And then you might could – you could then – I mean, then the number's going to go up. And so if you want to play the under, you might want to wait till about eight minutes into this puppy. Yeah, see see if you can get four or five points better. If you, line if you value. get north of like that 51 or 52 magic spot, yeah. I remember when, when Kansas City went up 14-7 to seven at Baltimore in the AFC Championship game um, – I think the total got all the way up to 52 and a half live 52 being a key number as well. So, um, yeah, I just, but I don't pregame. I just don't, I don't like the total and that thing has not moved all week. Well, and there's so much into this that cause I, cause we talked about the strengths advantages. I think one of the 49ers disadvantages is I firmly believe that Kyle Shanahan's sphincter, has been so puckered that he could have kissed his mother if she was all the way back in Santa Clara. So, I mean, I, honestly, I, I think he realizes he he was the play caller when the Falcons imploded. A couple of years ago, they were up 10 in the second half and, and let that one wrinkle off. He's about to be staring. Good coach, great team, uh, going to be a fixture for the next couple, three years because they've got a quarterback on a rookie deal and all that's fine, well, and good. But he's about to get that tag that Andy Reid used to have in Philadelphia. You're a heck of an offensive coach, but you can't win it when it counts. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. If you had to guess, you think Brock Purdy plays well? I think Brock Purdy's going to play well statistically because I think Spagnola is going to do everything in his power to – not unlike forcing Baltimore, and that was Todd Munkin's worst game in Ever. two and a half years, going going back to his time calling plays with the Georgia Bulldogs. That was a terrible, terrible in-game uh, strategy, game calling, all of it. Todd Munkin completely crapped his pants. But Spagnola walked him to the bathroom to crap his pants. Yeah. And by making Lamar Jackson beat him with his arm. And I think Spagnola's entire two weeks has been spent anybody in a, an ACM type of moment. Anybody, ABCM, anybody but Christian, anybody but Christian. If Ayuk gets free, Kansas City plays man to man, fifth most in the league. And but and that and they are they're going to challenge you to beat their guys outside one on one and their guys outside are pretty good conversely Kansas City has the most doubled offensive player in the league 
in Travis Kelsey and the most double-teamed defensive player in the league in Chris Jones. Chris Jones. So in that regard, and you add in Mahomes, and you're going to commit you're going to commit two dudes to Kelsey, and then they're going to play man-to-man outside, and you're going to commit two dudes to Chris Jones. They're going to be able they're going they're going to know where Mr. McCaffrey is on every single snap. Yes, indeed, it should be a good one, and uh, I am all about the Chiefs. Uh, tell them about Jay's plays. Tell them about. Everything. The five at ten. The five at ten is my uh, daily morning column. Uh, comes out at ten a.m. on timesfreepress.com. You can sign up, uh, and get that. It's five things I'm thinking about at ten a.m. Today was a mailbag. We had a question about Saban. We had question about. I don't know if you saw this, and this is completely outside of our normal comfort zone. About last weekend, Live Golf went uh, unencumbered because Pebble Beach had the weather. And everything else, first weekend of John Rom and Live Golf got a record 420-some-odd thousand viewers on the CW. The Saturday replay on Sunday on CBS of the PGA event with Wyndham Clark winning got three times as many viewers as Live did. And then all the stuff we just talked about with Super Bowl stuff is – is also in the 5 of 10. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, my man. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Vegas B. Edwards. You can find my content at MajorWager.com. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll be tweeting some uh, in-game live thoughts on Saturday Soup's card and possibly uh, the Super Bowl. We want uh, uh, thank Bet Online. Thanks, Southeastern uh, 14, Blake and the staff for editing. And... Uh, Good luck to everybody on the Super Bowl, and we will talk to you next week. Uh, Bets and ball games with Edwards and Greason. We are over and out.